0: Think Red Ink Ministries presents The Words of Jesus Series with Don C. Harris Hello friends and welcome once again to the Words of Jesus Series. I'm Don Harris, your host, and we're going to be talking today about one of my favorite parables... Um, I remember when uh, I first uh, was doing the tour around the country uh, on, um, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with a DVD that this uh, ministry offers called The Parable Paradox, but um, I was uh, doing this uh, seminar around the country uh, talking about this parable of the sower. I remember as I was reading this for the first time that Jesus, um, was trying to explain to his disciples, uh, certain principles and, and foundational understandings. And, uh, he said that, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you this parable. And so he told the parable and, uh, the disciples asked him, well, we're going to read it here. Uh, you know, that explain unto us the parable of the sower. And Jesus says, don't you understand this parable? If you don't understand this parable, how can you understand all parables? And uh, I got fascinated with that. I thought, boy, there's something here that is different than every other parable that we've ever heard Jesus ever give us, tell us. And um, it's probably worthy of our attention. So I decided to take a look at it. I thought to myself, why would he just, you know, in the middle of his ministry, throw in a parable that says, if you don't understand this, you haven't understood any of thing anything I've ever said. Then I got to thinking about it, and I thought, Hey, he hasn't this is the first parable. This has to be the first one. He didn't give us a bunch of parables and then did tell us that we didn't understand them. He gave us this one and said, This is the one you need to understand so that you can understand all parables. Now, I've been fascinated with talking to different people about this. And I've always been fascinated that I, I say, you know, Jesus said, if you don't understand this parable, you don't understand any parable. And just silence, you know, it's just it's just silence. Do you know what parable he was talking about? Silence. <laughs> and I'm thinking, does this sound familiar to you at all? uh yeah yeah uh, th- that he said, if you don't understand this parable you don't understand any of them yeah <laughs> and I can just see their wheels turning and they're thinking, mm, what parable is that and i'm I'm thinking to myself, you know what this is this this comes from just Bible reading this is us picking up our Bible oh it's time to read the Bible and then people read it. And they're not even reading what it's saying. Uh, We're going to read what it says today, if you don't mind. Jesus tells the parable of the sower. Now, this comes from Matthew 13, uh, also in Mark 4 and in Luke 8. This is chapter 29 of our little book. The same day that his mother and his brothers had come to see him, Jesus went down by the seaside great multitudes came to hear him, to see him. Jesus sat in a boat and spoke to the crowd on the shore, saying, Behold, a sower went forth to sow. And when he sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside, and the fowls came and devoured them up. Some fell upon stony places, where they had not much earth, and forthwith they sprung up, "'because they had no deepness of earth. "'And when the sun was up, they were scorched, "'and because they had no root, they withered away. "'And some seeds fell upon thorns, "'and the thorns sprung up and choked them. "'But other fell into good ground "'and brought forth fruit, "'some a hundredfold, some sixtyfold, some thirtyfold.' He who hath ears to hear, let him hear. Jesus ends his parable with with this idea of he that has ears to hear, let him hear. I believe that he is introducing this concept, he who hath ears to hear, let him hear, by this parable that if you don't understand the parable, that you're not going to understand anything. I think that if he had said, if you don't have ears to hear, you're not going to hear, uh, it would have just bypassed our attention and perhaps gone away. But he told this parable and ended it with saying, he that hath the ears to hear, let him hear. So what exactly happened here and this parable that he told, what does all that mean? Well, there's a lot of people that, that, uh, that teach and preach on this. That talk as if they do indeed understand what he has to say. Um, I'm going to show you that uh, through just uh, badly defined words that uh, we might be in danger of really not understanding what this parable has to say. When they were alone, his disciples asked Jesus, "Why speakest unto them in parables?" Jesus replied because it is given for you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven but to them it's not given for whosoever hath to him shall be given and he that shall have and he shall have more abundance but whosoever hath but whosoever hath not from him it shall be taken away even that he hath therefore speak i unto them in parables because Seeing they see not, hearing they hear not, neither do they understand. And in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, which saith, By hearing ye shall hear, and shall not understand. And by seeing ye shall see, and ye shall not perceive. For this people's heart is waxed gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes they have closed closed. Yes, any, lest at any time they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and should understand with their hearts and should be converted and I should heal them. But blessed are you. Now, I, I just love this. But, But blessed are you. Blessed are your eyes, for they see. And your ears, for they hear. For verily I say unto you, that many prophets and righteous men have desired to see those things which ye see, and have not seen them, and to hear those things which ye hear, and have not heard them. Now, in in this particular introduction to what he has to say next, he makes several points that I think that if we're, if we read over it, we may miss it. And uh, and that is that he says that parables are the choice I've chosen parables to teach with. The reason that I've done that is because, simply, it is given for you to know. Dear friend, listen, are you called of God? Have you answered his call by keeping his commandments? Are you working toward being chosen of God? Are you working toward salvation that will come at the end of your life? You know, if that's you, I have some good news for you. It is given for you to know these things, not to be taught. It has nothing to do with your ears hearing words or your eyes seeing things in front of them. Because he says that hearing they shall hear, but they'll not understand and seeing, they'll see, but they won't perceive. Now, you, on the other hand, you will hear and you will understand. You will see and you will perceive. This is his promise. This is a beautiful thing right here. You know, well, I'm not so good in school. It has nothing to do with school. I'm not so good at reading. It has nothing to do with reading. You know, I'm not so good at whatever, this, that, whatever reason, doesn't matter. You're called of God. If you're called of God, then it is given for you to understand. Do you understand? Now, when something, when a situation explodes in your home, do you understand why it happened? When things happen in life, do you understand why they happen? Do you sit and wring your hands and wonder, God, why me? Is that you? Because if it is, you are way below the potential of, that you have, and way below the will of God for your life to understand these things. Many people are going to hear what you hear and not understand. It doesn't have to be you. Many people are going to see what you see, and they will not perceive. But that does not have to be you. This is a promise, man. This is this is something that he wants to give us. Understanding, perception. You know, can you think of anything that would be more important in your life than that? It's hard to believe that there could be anything more important than understanding. He said, you know, even the prophets and the righteous men that you read about in the Old Testament, they heard, but they didn't understand. They heard what you hear, but they didn't understand. They see what you've seen, but they still don't perceive. And these people that do not have this perception and they do not have this understanding... The Lord Jesus is very kind here in, in 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 teaching to us, in so many words, that a lot of this is not your fault. It's not your fault. There is such a thing as God hiding these things from people they're not intended for. You know, I, I meet people all the time that, you know, they say, well, I don't want anything to do with that God stuff. You know, I tried that when I was a kid and, you know, I don't. I don't care for it. You know, they're an atheist now or they're agnostic now or whatever else. And I say, well, maybe it's not for you. What do you mean? Maybe you're not called. Maybe it's not God's intention to save you. <laughs> what, what in the world? What are you saying? It's God's intention to save everybody. No, the Bible says that it's his desire, it's his will that no man should perish. But since when does God get what he wants? Since when did that ever happen? I hear people pray all the time, and they say, well, you know, if it's God's will, it'll happen. No, it won't. Where'd you get the idea that God gets his will every time? You know, if what we're living in right now is the will of God, it stinks. Listen, he doesn't have, his will's not, that's why Jesus said, thy will be done on earth like it is in heaven. Why would he pray for something like that if it was already happening? You know, God doesn't get his way just because he wants it. He, he has turned, essentially, the rulership, the the um, the hands-on ruling of the earth, he's turned it over to his people. And uh, if, if uh, his will's not being done, it's because we're not doing his will. Not because he doesn't will it or he doesn't want it. It's just that we're not doing it. We've got other things to do. It's not time to feed the poor. It's time to go to church. <laughs> um, so <laughs> just because it happens to be God's will does not mean it's going to happen. And sometimes it's not his will to save every person on this earth. you got to know that. It's just not so. If it were so, Jesus probably... Remember what he said one time? If He was talking about uh, uh, the um, the rewards that we're going to receive in the next life. And he, and he said, in my father's houses, we got all kinds of places to live. Many mansions. And he said, if it were not so, I would have told you. And I think this is kind of an overarching promise about what we read about the Lord Jesus and what he has to say. If it wasn't so, I wouldn't have told you that. Or I would have told you that it's not so. But here he's saying, this, You know, when he says that this is the way it is, if this weren't so, he would have told us. Well, what are you talking about, Don? What did he tell us? Many are called. Many are called and few are chosen. Many are called, few are chosen. If what conventional Christianity is saying is true, that he wants everybody to be saved, wouldn't everybody be called? And if everybody were called, why would Jesus say many? Why wouldn't he say everybody's called, A few of them are chosen? It's just the fact. Well, when dealing with atheists and agnostics and things like that, I tell them, don't worry about it. Perhaps you weren't called. Not everybody's called. They're under the impression that they're called because God calls everybody. God loves everybody. God's going to save everybody. I mean, the other side of this coin is the universalist idea that, well, everybody's going to eventually be saved. The ideas of reincarnation, uh, the universalist doctrines, and these kind of things all come from the other side of this coin. But truth is, is that balanced on its edge, this coin tells it all. And that is, not everybody's called. And certainly not everybody who's called, even those who have answered that call, are chosen. As a matter of fact... Whatever few there be that are called, whatever comes out of that group are few again. Although many are called, few are chosen. Well, how do you say few? I mean, mathematically, what what does few mean? Mathematically, well, I would say that it means like 49% or less. Actually, if it was 49%, I think somebody would have said something around half wouldn't they so let's just say it's uh, 25%. Is that really few? Well, it's probably 25% all the way down to 1%, but few is few. There's a few people that are going to be chosen out of the many that are called. We don't need to we don't need to play with this. What is the idea of saying that God wants to save everybody? Is that something that you're that you're telling your grandkids because you can't even imagine that one of your kids would go to hell? Hell's going to be full of kids, friends. There's not going to be a person there that doesn't have a mommy and daddy that loved him. I mean, Hitler had a mommy at one time. He was a cute little baby at one time. But you see, we're going to have to look at these things in in a real way, not necessarily in some emotional way. But the truth is, is that we have to realize that if you've been called... That's a wonderful thing. And I try to tell atheists, you know, when you're talking to atheists and agnostics, you say, well, perhaps you weren't called. You know, they might get a little bit about it. But you say, now, wait a minute. Are you telling me that you are called? That you did feel God tugging at you? That you did feel like that this is the right thing for you to do and it didn't work for you and so you quit? Now, that's a different thing altogether. That's just not answering his call. That's not enduring to the end. That's being lost. That's being rebellious. There's a totally different thing. So naturally, the atheist switches over to, I don't believe in a God. Well, it's not that they don't believe in God. It's just that they don't want to believe in uh, a, a just reward for the way they've lived. Sorry, atheist. Hey, I'm the best friend you've ever had, Mr. Atheist. If you're watching, if you're watching television right now and you're an atheist, um, I'm your advocate uh, because, listen, it was uh, you know, it was tough for me to find myself agreed with atheists over and over and over and over again. Uh, they got a lot of decent arguments about Christianity, and Christianity has done absolutely nothing to answer them. It's really aggravating when I think about it. Um, you know, they ha- they have serious and legitimate complaints with the church that is on the earth that calls themselves Christian. So what's the church doing about it? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. They say, eh, well, they're atheists. <laughs> well, no, no, no. They're probably called of God. Most atheists I know were raised in church. Perhaps we're breeding them by our silly doctrines and illogical ideas. And well, you just got to have faith and you just got to hang in there and things will get better. And, you know, when you when you don't when you get to the end of your rope, just tie a knot and hang on. You know, <laughs> you'd think Jesus said that, but he didn't. There are people out there that see; they see, but they don't perceive. There are people out there that hear, but they do not understand. Then, then he says, "Lest." Now, this is really odd because when I first read this, I I thought. Um, it sounds like you don't want to save these people. Could this could this be? Well, there is such a person in this world that was born and never called. It is, it is a fact. And so he says um, that their heart is wax gross, their ears are dull of hearing, their eyes they have closed. Lest at any time they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and should understand with their heart and should be converted, and I should heal them. It sounds to me like either the recipient of this healing, or the provider of this healing, doesn't want it done. Isn't that amazing to even think about. So, he says, "But blessed are your eyes, for they see; your ears, for they hear. For I say unto you that many prophets and righteous men have desired to see those things which you see, and have not seen them, and to hear those things which you hear." and have not heard them. Then he starts out with, Hear ye therefore the parable of the sower. He's going to explain to his disciples what the parable of the sower is all about. When anyone heareth the word of the kingdom, and understandeth it not, then cometh the wicked one, and catches away that which was sown in his heart. This is he which received seed by the wayside. In, in his parable, he says that some seed fell by the wayside and the fowls of the air came and devoured them up. He's saying there that, that the, the seeds that are devoured by the wayside are the people who, these seeds spring up, but the fowls of the air come And take these seeds away any farmer knows that this is an aggravation and it it happens you sow seeds you look behind you and you see a flock of birds picking it up and it's just a fact of nature there's nothing you can do about it well not without ruining your seeds anyway Um, so um, he's saying that uh, that the, the only thing that can keep these seeds from being devoured by these fowl is what? Did you see it? Did you hear it? He says, any man who hears the word of the kingdom and understandeth it not. Now, he just got done saying, anybody who has ears to hear, let him hear. They hear, they hear, yeah, but they don't understand. They see, but they don't perceive. So he's saying that if you do hear the words of the kingdom and you don't understand it, the the, the wicked one, these birds, <laughs> come and take that uh, seed away because you didn't understand it. Now, let's see what else would happen. He says, um, But he that received the seed into stony places, the same as he that heareth the word, and anon, or immediately, Anon with joy receiveth it, yet he hath not rooted himself. All right, so what are we developing here? We're developing a list of the way we need to deal with the word of the kingdom. And so, first of all, we need to understand what's being said. Second, we have to receive what's being said. And there are many people, yeah, I understand exactly what he's saying. Well, are you going to apply this to your life? I doubt it. Well, if, if that is the case, you're falling into this category where he says that he received it into stony places. The same's here the word, and anon with joy receiveth it, yet he hath not rooted in himself, but dureth for a while. For when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, by and by or immediately he's offended. This stony ground is a person of of, of, uh, of adamant will. I, yeah, I hear what he's saying, but I don't know that it applies to me. I'm going to continue doing what I've always done. And, uh, you know, sorry if you don't like it, but, you know, that's the way it is. Well, you know, you're talking to a person of a stony heart, the Bible teaches. And when seeds fall among this stony ground, um, sure, it springs up. And they understand it, and you know they're fully aware of what's going on, but there's no root; they have no root in themselves. See this root is this root of righteousness. this is that right living kind of a thing where we need to have soil that's not only fertile but also the depthness the deepness of earth. We have to have that deepness of earth so that these roots can have a place to go Um, and then he says he also that receives seed among thorns is he that heareth the word and the care of this world the deceitfulness of riches and another another gospel says the lust of other things enter in and choke the word and he becometh unfruitful now this situation number three on the list of of creating this environment for these seeds is this thing about being so concerned about yourself and about the world that you live in what do we eat what do we dress how do we dress where do we get our clothes where where am i going to get my next job and these kind of things can enter in and choke that word, like weeds getting around a, a corn stalk or something else. They're just not letting it grow. And, it, and these are just weeds in our life that have to be dealt with, have to be dispensed with. And so what do we got? Let's see if we can review real quick. One of them is, is that we need to hear and understand what's being said. When we do understand what's being said, we need to receive it into ourself or receive it into our life. And number three, and there's going to be, and he's going to explain when we continue next show, um, he's going to explain what happens when you get these three together. The third one that we have to avoid is the cares of this world. They're going to drive you crazy. They're going to choke the word of God out of your life if you're not careful. All right, that's our time. And uh, we're going to continue next time. We're going to be talking about the parable of the sower. And hopefully when we're all done, Uh, And I say, if you don't understand this parable, you don't understand any of them, you can say within yourself, yeah, but I understand that parable now. uh, I hope I can do that for you. All right, time is gone. Uh, Write to me if you'd like to. Just write to my email address, don at thinkredinc.com. We'll see you next time. Meet you right here. Bye-bye.